Welcome to the Spooky Electric Podcast by me, Trent Venegas. You need another podcast like you need another hole in your head. So here we go. Well, hello there. Remember me? Yeah, it's been a while, so I would not blame you if you're like, who is this? I don't remember this guy. Did I used to listen to this guy? Did this guy used to have a podcast? Yes, trust me. I am very well aware of the fact that I've been long absent and I greatly apologize. Um, I thought about doing a quick updated episode for weeks now just to kind of check in and say, hey, I'm still alive and hey, I'm still doing this podcast um, especially since it's been quite a few weeks now since I posted on the official Instagram that I knew I was behind and, you know, a really bad habit of mine is once I get off track on something, I tend to let it go, let it go, let it go and procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. And then a short delay becomes a long delay, becomes an extended absence. And it's something that um, has plagued me my whole life. So I'm going to spare you the whole, you know, excuses of what was going on. Essentially work really quickly. Work was really busy. Um, I missed a week and then I missed another week and I meant to get caught up and then I didn't. And then that job ended and then other stuff happened, um, you know, in like the world and the way that things are going. And I kind of got into this place where I didn't really want to... Um, do much, um, except for cuddle up with my kittens who are growing up so fast, or becoming little, little, little cats already. Um, so yeah. Um, and then I woke up this morning and I realized, holy shit, today is National Podcasting Day. Um, and I'm like, you know, I, I have to, I have to record an episode I at least have to check in and say, hi, I miss you. I love you guys. And um, I'm still alive. So here is um, me talking to you um, on this new episode of Spooky Electric. Um, Just a few days ago. So I have this running list in my phone, um, this ever-expanding note, uh, that has all these ideas for podcast episodes. And I have episode ideas coming out my eyeballs. But it's really hard. So I get a really good idea and I jot it down. But then I have to like think about it. I have to like listen to the songs. I have to put together the playlist. And I have to kind of wrap my head around the headspace of how the episode in my mind um, would turn out for you to listen to. So it's not like I can just go to the notes, pick one, and then say, oh, I'm going to do this, and then like just talk about it and put it out there. It kinda, there's like this process. Um, so there, and there are a couple ideas that um, I probably could just, you know, start recording and just talk um, well enough to, to put out a decent episode. But I kind of don't want to do that. I kind of want to give it more uh, feeling and more emotion and... Um, allow me to express um, 
a feeling or at least um, the inspiration for why I want to talk about the particular topic. So I was driving in my car and listening to Pop 2K on Sirius XM, which plays songs from 2000 to 2009. And uh, a particular song came on and it totally struck me like square in the forehead. And it took me right back to the year 2003. Um, A very... Uh, memorable time for me because my life was totally and completely normal, which is kind of weird to say. And for those of you who aren't aware of the period in my life, the 12 years where I was a quote-unquote superstar blogger, Um, going to award shows, traveling the world, interviewing celebrities, hanging out with celebrities, doing a whole bunch of really amazing things like being on MTV with Madonna and all that. Um, There was a time, which is long over, as those of you who even followed the blog back in the day know that, you know, my life has been back to normal for quite some time now. But 2003 was back before I even knew that my life was going to change. And, you know, in the moment, in 2003, when it was happening, I didn't really have an idea of the future, what I was going to be. You know, I was in my 20s and I was like, you know, just working a really cool job. Well, a a very grown-up job. Um, you know, living on my own with my best friend, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. I hope you're listening. You're probably not, uh, but I'll make you listen because uh, I shouted you out. Um, and just going about my days doing normal things, uh, you know, going to concerts, listening to the music. The radio was still a big thing back then. So listening to the radio and, and who the, the big hit makers were at the time. So when I heard this song in my car, and it took me back to 2003, I thought, wow, that was such a great time. And I didn't even really appreciate it in the moment. Um, I mean, again, you know, I was living my life. And when, you, when you're in like this normal space, you're not really thinking about like uh, anything other than the day-to-day, the mundane, wake up, go to work hang out with your friends, go to bed, do it all over again sort of thing. Um, so once I heard the song, and then I was thinking about the other songs that I really loved from that year and what those songs represented and what they mean to me now and the people that they're connected to. And it really made me realize that that was the topic of what I wanted my next episode to be. So for this episode... I will be talking about my favorite songs from 2003 and uh, we'll be sharing a playlist of the songs that I'll be talking about and whether you have fond memories of this year or whether any or all of these songs resonate with you like they do with me, um, I hope I'm able to convey what I'm trying to, you know, what I'm trying to express by what these songs mean to me and what this time, what this year in particular meant to me uh, personally. 
So, like I mentioned, it was pre-blog. So, Pink is a New Blog didn't exist yet. Um, I was blogging. So, technically, I was... So, technically, the blog existed. But the blog really didn't... Pink is a New Blog did not really exist until 2004. So, in 2003, I was teaching. Uh, I was a very young teacher, I want to say. I was, you know, only just a few years older than the seniors, uh, which was, you know, kind of cool. Like, I was the cool young teacher. Whatever. I'm not even going to debate the fact. That, I mean, I was. I was the cool young teacher. Um, you know, I hung out with, like, the other cool young teachers and um, and in my, my free time, I started um, web blogging. I had a web blog. So before there were, you know, before blog became a word, they were called like web blogs or online journals. And I remember, so, you know, I've talked about my blog story many times. I'm not going to get into it again, but essentially I took a class in grad school on postmodern writing. And my final project was a creative art poetry piece that was kind of interactive. And I decided to to turn that project that I created and turn it into a weblog. So it was a weblog. Um, but essentially what it was, it was just an online diary, an online journal where I wrote every day, um, just the mundane things that I did. I went to 7-Eleven, I got a Slurpee, I got a speeding ticket or whatever. Um, as a teacher, I would get paid summers off. So in the summer of 2004, when I was not working, but I was, you know, on summer vacation, that's when I took my online journal that I'd been writing for a couple years and turned it pink and black, gave it the name Pink is a New Blog, and then that is the site that took off, got popular, and changed my life, took me around the world, you know, got me to meet um, so many of my heroes, got me to experience so many amazing things. But none of that had happened yet. In 2003, none of that had happened. This was the eve of that whole genesis of Pink is a New Blog and the changing of my life. So I was still, quote unquote, normal in 2003. Um, I hadn't yet started dating my ex, Eric, who was my last boyfriend when I was still living in Michigan before I moved to California. I remember, uh, I remember that, um, I had broken up with uh, my ex-boyfriend, Tony, who lived in St. Louis. So he lived in St. Louis. I lived in Detroit, and we were long distance, and that's kind of the reason why we broke up. We were together for a year, um, but the distance got to be too much, and then he moved to California a couple years before I did, and that essentially broke us up. But we stayed as friends, and um, so this was post-Tony, pre Eric, I was single and I was mingling. I remember in 2003, this was the year um, that I kind of started sowing my oats. Um, I am very much a monogamist. I, I, 
really only like to date one person at a time. I really only like having one boyfriend at a time. I'm not really into like dating around. But I do remember in 2003, I was dating two guys. Um, One guy was older and like super hot. Uh, and the other guy was the same age, a little older, basically the same age. And um, like just fun, really smart, had his shit together, owned his own house, used to cook for me. And I remember I got strep throat. I got really, really sick. Like, I was just, like, wanting to die. Um, it was one of the only times I've... I think it's the only time I've ever been to the emergency room because I just was in so much pain. I needed something. I needed to see a doctor. And I was totally laid up for, like, two weeks. And I remember I heard from the older hot guy. And he was like, you know, where are you? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sick. And I'm, like, dying. And he was just like... You know, I don't really have time for this. Like, you know, we weren't going out, but like he essentially was like not interested. He was, I was sick and he was like, well, I don't care. And the other guy um, did care, made me soup, um, was really sweet. And although we didn't actually officially date, um, we, you know, hung out and had some pretty fun times. And, uh, you know, it turns out that he, you know, living in Michigan, um, is the brother of, <laughs> of an actor who I would later find out. I was like, oh my God, your brother, you're, that's your brother. Um, you know, not a huge actor, but, um, someone that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mention his name cause whatever. It's not about the brother. It's not even about this guy. But anyways, so that that's what my life was like in 2003. It was post Y2K. You know, the world had already gotten bored with the new millennium and like all the computers crashing in 2000. Um, it was just normal life. So that's kind of like a long-winded way of me setting the stage for these songs that I want to talk about. The song that I heard in the car while I was driving that inspired this episode was uh, Hey Ya by Outkast. Now, truly one of my favorite songs. Like, and Hey Ya was such a massive hit, not just for Outkast, but like, it was just, I mean, it was just everywhere. It was in like, the, it was on the radio, it was on MTV, it was in every club, you know, everybody knew the lyrics. It was um, one of those songs that kind of like just was everywhere. And, you know, I was driving in my car and Hey Ya came on and I was, you know, singing along and doing the all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, and all of that. And that's when it like transported you back to 2003. And I was like, wow, that was such a great year. What else was, was I listening to in 2003? Um, so Hey Ya is the first song on the playlist, followed by Crazy in Love by Beyonce. And as you know, Crazy in Love was Beyonce's debut solo single from her debut solo album, the first thing she did after she left Destiny's Child. I don't know, I suppose Destiny's Child did break up, but they didn't really talk about Destiny's Child breaking up so much as Beyonce doing her own solo thing, because I think that Destiny's Child recorded at least other songs after this, or maybe I'm misremembering, but it wasn't so much like, oh my God, like Destiny Child's breaking up. It was more that Beyonce was going solo and her 
first single, Crazy in Love, with her now husband, Jay-Z, um, was just like, boom, like, the the perfect way for Beyonce to break apart from being in Destiny's Child and being her own thing. And that was the song that would define her up until Single Ladies came out, you know, many years after that. And then, honestly, I think that, like, Single Ladies now defines, like, the Beyonce hit. But right out of the gate, Crazy in Love was Beyonce's first single, her first massive hit, and one of the biggest songs in 2003. Um, The next track uh, on the playlist is I Begin to Wonder by Danny Minogue. Danny Minogue is Kylie Minogue's younger sister. And, you know, people in America don't even really know Kylie Minogue. So they really don't know Danny Minogue. But the gays know Danny. And anybody with taste knows Danny. Um, and I know Danny. Love Danny. I got to meet Danny. Um, quick story about me and Danny Minogue. Um, we connected because I believe her manager, a manager of hers or a friend of hers was a big fan of the blog. She was a fan of the blog. And he reached out to me when she was here in LA and was just like, oh, you know, Danny would like to meet you. And I, I'm pretty sure it was because I either was blogging about her and this album, Neon Nights, which came out in 2003, which came out the same year that Kylie's ex album came out. And I love Kylie Minogue, but by far, Neon Nights is the better Minogue album because every single song is amazing, amazing, amazing. And I Begin to Wonder is on that album, and that's why it's one of my favorite songs. But anyways, really quickly, getting back to that Danny story. So, got to hang out with Danny Minogue, had lunch with her. Like, one of the greatest things I ever got to do, I brought this album, because it's my favorite album of hers, for her to sign, which she signed for me. We have cute photos and all of that. I'll probably share it on the Instagram, the photo of of me and Danny. And uh, let me tell you, so she was in town because she was going to go to, I believe it was the Ellen show, Ellen DeGeneres show, because Kylie, her sister, was going to perform. And while we were at lunch, Danny says to me, (laughs) would you like to come? Would you like to come with us to the taping? I can introduce you to Kylie and all that. And I was like, oh my God, I was dying. I was like, fucking, are you kidding me? I was like, yes. I'm like, of course, I really, I was really excited to just meet and hang out with Danny. But the fact that she was offering to take me with her to the Ellen show to watch um, Kylie perform was just beyond the nicest thing and I couldn't believe it so you know she tells her manager that she want that that uh she wanted me to come with them because they were literally on their way to the studio and shortly after like minutes after he told her and me that I actually couldn't go with them because one of the guests on Ellen that day was uh then Secretary of State, or was she Senator? Hillary Rodham Clinton was one of the guests on the Ellen show that day, the same as Kylie. And I, and everyone who was going to go backstage with like, you know, the Minogue party had to be um, 
had to go through like secret service, like screening. And it was too late for me to get screened because they were literally already on the way. Like everyone who was going was already screened and I couldn't go because I couldn't be screened in time. Had Hillary Clinton not been the guest on that episode, I could have gone and met Kylie. I still haven't met Kylie Minogue, I want to say. Um, and I remember being like, oh, like so heartbroken that it was so close to meeting Kylie. So I remember being like only slightly, slightly, slightly angry at Hillary Clinton for like cock blocking me for meeting Kylie Minogue. But um, it was still very, very sweet of Danny to offer to invite me to go with her to to meet Kylie. Um, so that's just a long story about how I didn't meet Kylie Minogue, but I did meet and hang out with Danny Minogue. Um, and her song, I Begin to Wonder, is one of my favorites. One of my favorite songs of 2003, for sure. And that guy who I was kind of sort of seeing, who cooked for me and took care of me when I was sick, um, I introduced him to Danny Minogue and this song in particular. And then he loved her. And I felt like, oh, I was doing God's work by showing someone else uh, the wonderful awesomeness of Danny Minogue. So that's why that song is on the playlist. Um, number four is PIMP by 50 Cent. And honestly, um, it's not really a song I would listen to these days, you know, because, you know, re-listening to the song, like the lyrics are terrible. Um, it's super not empowering to women. It's pretty offensive, very problematic. Um, but... It was a pretty big hit. I mean, I remember liking the song back in the day. Everybody, you know, I don't know what you heard about me, but I'm a P-I-M-P, however that song goes. Um, so I kind of had to put it on 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 the playlist. I, I ended up, I added the, um, the remix at Snoop Dogg because I love Snoop Dogg and the Snoop remix is pretty cool. You know, Snoop adds also problematic lyrics and questionable terms for people that I, again, don't really listen to now and don't really endorse now. But back then it was a, it was a jam and I was into it and that's why it's on the playlist. Uh, the next song is Game of Love by Santana featuring Michelle Branch. And Santana, as you may remember, and if you don't remember, I'm going to tell you, um, was a big, you know, guitar rock star of the 70s. He's not a singer, but he's an amazing guitar player. And in the early 2000s, he came up with the idea, or his record company did, or somebody came up with the genius idea for him to write songs and then and then collaborate with big singers of the day and have them sing the songs. You know, his song with Rob Thomas is one of his biggest. Um, but this song, Game of Love with Michelle Branch, who was, you know, a, a huge star at the time. Like, I love Michelle Branch so much. And um, and this song with Santana uh, was one of his hits. I mean, he every song he put out was a hit because it was with, you know, a different amazing singer. And um, it really revived his career. He won all these Grammys and he did really, really well, revived his career. Um, and uh, this song with Michelle Branch is one of the best that he recorded at that time. Uh, number six on the playlist is Lose Yourself by Eminem. 
And when I tell you that the biggest thing to happen to Detroit, Michigan was when the movie Eight Mile came out, I am not kidding. Like, Eminem decided to set his autobiographical film Eight Mile in Detroit. So it's set in Detroit. It was filmed in Detroit. Um, He shouts out, you know, a lot of famous Detroit places like The Shelter. Um, He didn't film in the actual shelter, but the shelter nightclub is where, you know, he would do rap battles. So that's featured in the movie. And just everybody, everybody, whether you're a rap fan or not in Detroit, loved Eminem, loved 8 Mile, um, and really, really loved the uh, Oscar winning song, Lose Yourself. So not only did uh, this movie mean so much to the people of Detroit, but the song did as well because it was just just such a big hit. I mean, everybody. It was everywhere. It was on just everywhere. And then when it won the Oscar, you know, becoming the first rap song to ever win an Oscar for best original song. I mean, it really changed the game. He really did something that no one had ever done before. And he did all in the name of Detroit Rock City his home, my home, like our home. And when I tell you that Lose Yourself is like one of the most beloved songs from one of the most beloved movies in like Detroit history, I, I, I'm I, not even exaggerating. Um, he immortalized Detroit forever with that movie and that song. And, you know, 2003 was a really good year for, for, for that song and for Eminem and for Detroit. Um, track seven is Rock With You, Aw Baby by Ashanti. And I love Ashanti. I loved Ashanti. I love this song. And I tell you, man, like Ashanti was just such a lost opportunity. When you see how well Beyonce did, when you see how well other, you know, female singers of of her her ilk did at the time and then Ashanti really didn't do anything for the most part she was just featured on on big songs and then she you know did her own stuff which didn't really do much but you know she had her moment and uh this is one of her great songs she had so much potential she could have been so much bigger and ultimately she wasn't um but um when I think back to 2003 uh, and this song, Rock With You, oh baby, do you, do you want to rock with me? Um, I, you know, I had to represent her. Uh, same thing um, with track eight, Landslide by the Dixie Chicks. Um, their beautiful haunting cover. Um, this was like 2003 back then, was like the last time that the Dixie Chicks really were able to enjoy their fame because as you may know or recall they became very outspoken against president then president george w bush and because of that their own fans turned on them um boycotted them like destroyed their career just you know they just hated them and um which is really unfair really unfortunate and even now you know, the Dixie Chicks just released a new album this year, which is fantastic. Gaslighter is just so great, so good. Um, but they will probably never reach the heights of stardom and fame and success that they did before the backlash. And if I recall, uh, Landslide, their cover of Landslide, um, 
was around one of the last big hits that they would have before, you know, they unfairly were just ruined, which is sad. Um, And Landslide is a beautiful song, but I really think the Dixie Chicks make it, you know, beautiful, more beautiful in, in their own way. Track nine is Work It by Missy Misdemeanor Elliott. And Missy Elliott was the biggest thing ever at the time. I mean, she did no wrong. All of her hits were hits. You know, all of her singles were hits. She's one of the best writers. Um, you know, pop writers, rap writers, songwriters of, of you know, that time period for sure. Um, and she just, you know, hit after hit after hit. And Work It was just another big hit. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Put my, put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. I mean, just, you know, Missy Elliott and her genius, geniusness. I was a huge fan of her back then. Uh, I'm still a huge fan of hers. And it was truly an honor. And one of the greatest things I ever got to experience was getting to see Missy Elliott in concert a few years ago when she headlined the FYF Fest here in L.A., um, which is now defunct. Even before COVID, um, FYF kind of folded because, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they they had really, really great festival lineups year after year after year. And then they kind of like screwed it up and then it all went away. But before it all went away, Missy Elliott was a headliner and I got to see her. I think I paid like 30 bucks. Like that's the cool thing about FYF is it was so cheap. And I made my way all the way to the front barricade to watch Missy's performance and she was fantastic and getting to hear this song live was oh just one of the the best things one of the my favorite concert memories of all time because um she's amazing and this song in particular is amazing as well um track 10 is Miss Independent by Kelly Clarkston and, um, you know, not necessarily my favorite Kelly Clarkson song. I, I love Kelly and I love so many of her other songs. Um, you know, Miss Independent is like this weird mid-tempo song. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of ballads or mid-tempos, but um, I had to, I have to put, I had to put Kelly on this playlist because, um, you know, this is a song she put out in 2003. It was, you know, one of her many hits she would have bigger even bigger hits to come um and she had to definitely be represented on this playlist um so that's why i decided to choose um uh, miss independent for inclusion here track 11 is get low by lil john um and you know this it's representative of this type of hip pop music that was so popular during this time like not necessarily just 2003 but at this time um hip hop rap was like super popularized like super pop musicized that it was you know in my estimation still true to its you know um raunchy but not necessarily raunchy still true to its um to its ability to be you know fun dirty, you know, subversive kind of rap, but it was so popular that it was like on the radio all the time. You couldn't go to a party and not hear Get Low, you know, people singing about from the window to the walls and the sweat dripping down all their balls and all that. I mean, you know, 
when you when you think about 2003 and you think about this time, the early 2000s, Get Low and songs like that are so prevalent, so part of pop culture, so part of just, you know, I don't want to say everything because it wasn't like, you know, everyone was so indoctrinated. It was so like homogenized, but it, it kind of, it kind of was, it was just on the radio all the time. And it sounds, you know, old fashioned to be talking about the radio, but radio was still really important back then. Of course, MTV was still a thing. Um, people were, you know, the internet had exist existed. Um, and, you know, post Napster, people were downloading and all of that stuff. But radio was still where you heard the biggest hits and that's where the biggest hits were made and get low was one of those songs that had to be censored you know there's a censored version where they take out the motherfuckers and they take out you know all of the you know bad words uh, but it was on the radio all the time and very representative of the hip hop movement that was very popular at the time track 12 is Your Body is a Wonderland by John Mayer, which happens to be my favorite John Mayer song. Um, he wrote it about his, I think it was her, his ex at the time, but he, he wrote it about Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, and it's such a great song. It's one of those perfectly crafted pop songs. You know, it's got a great beat. The lyrics are really cute. Um it's uh, sing-songy and catchy and um, it's sweet and it's just, it's, 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 it's a perfect pop song. And although I'm not the biggest John Mayer fan, and I know my best friend Sarah's going to kill me because she loves John Mayer to this day. She like messages him on Instagram or his family members message her or something like she loves John Mayer. Um... And she should, because he's amazing. Um, but for me, I'm not the biggest John Mayer fan. But I do love Your Body is a Wonderland. And I do love that the song came out um, in 2003 and is representative of, you know, what, like, male pop songs kind of like at the time. And that's why I wanted to include it on this playlist. Which kind of goes along with track 13, which is... Um, the Remedy, I Won't Worry, by Jason Mraz. And Jason Mraz was kind of uh, another, you know, singer-songwriter, white guy. Kind of like, Jason Mraz was like the Extina to John Mayer's Britney. So John Mayer was the more popular one. But Jason Mraz was almost as popular or, you know, arguably as popular um, it's easy to see how the two, how people get the two confused because they're, you know, they're white dudes. To be honest, um, I listened to more Jason Mraz than John Mayer at the time. So even though Your Body is a Wonderland was probably my favorite song between the two of them, I preferred Jason Mraz's songs more than John Mayer songs. Um, and I don't really listen, listen to either anymore. But back then, these are the songs I listened to, and um, I wanted them to be represented on this playlist. Track 14 is Jenny from the Block by the incomparable Jennifer Lopez. Um, 
you know, she had been by this point one of the biggest pop stars, if not the biggest pop star um, at the time. She has continued. She continued her massive reign with this song. Um, she's the only person I listened to as much as Britney at the time. Like Britney was my number one, is still my number one like pop chick. Uh, but J Lo was really, really up there. Um, and Jennifer Lopez could really do no wrong, and this this song was proof that she just kept putting out hit after hit after hit after hit, and Jenny from the Block was her hit from like two thousand and three. Uh, track 14 is Forever and Always by Shania Twain. Uh, it's a sweet ballad. Again, not necessarily my favorite Shania Twain song. Um, there are too many Shania Twain songs that I love to death to list. Like, I can't get into all of them that I love so much. Um, I will say her song Up, I listen to probably the most. It's in, like, my shower playlist. I have this shower playlist on my iPad, iPod that, like, shuffles. And Up is on there, and I love that song. But anyways, um, Forever and Always, uh, it's very pretty. Um, Shania's gift to us in the year 2003. It's a sweet song. I'm sure there are couples out there who this is their song. And while I don't love pop ballads, um, and while this isn't necessarily my favorite uh, Shania Twain song, um, it is a great song, and... It belongs on this 2003 playlist. Um, track 16 is Underneath It All by No Doubt, uh, a mid-tempo ballad. Um, when the band was still putting out massive hits, this is before Gwen Stefani went solo. And this song is a perfect example of the band staying relatively true to their ska sound, but also showing that they could be a, mass, a massively popular pop band as well. Um, you know, No Doubt was a mainstay on the radio, was a mainstay on TRL or MTV. I don't even know if TRL was, yes, TRL was in existence at this time. I'm pretty sure. Um, so, um, you know, No Doubt have like big, bigger bangers. Uh, but underneath it all is a sweet mid-tempo, decent song, perfect for 2000 vibes that I'm going for on this playlist. Um, track 17 is She Hates Me by Puddle of Mud, which uh, if you don't know the song, check it out. You have to check the song out. If you know the song, you know what I'm talking about. It is an amazingly silly but fun uh, guilty pleasure. I love the song the second that I heard it. Uh, there's something about the lead singer who I thought was super cute at the time. Like, I have this thing for, you know, this type of guy. Um, and uh, it's a it's a great song. Puddle of Mud, and this song in particular, She Hates Me, reminded me so much of Ugly Kid Joe uh, and their song from the early 90s, Everything About You, which is another silly, guilty pleasure song. Um, you know, the, uh, the Ugly Kid Joe song is, I hate everything about you. Like, it's just a stupid song that I was obsessed with in like 91 or 92 or whenever it came out or the early nineties for sure. And she fucking hates me. La 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 la. Like by Puddle of Mud, like another stupid, silly song that I just loved and I still love. It's a song I've always wanted to sing at karaoke. I never have. 
but I need to. But for sure, if the song ever comes on the radio uh, when I'm in the car, you better believe for sure I am belting it out. Um, Track 18 is Intuition by Jewel. Um, So Jewel got her start as a singer-songwriter. She was found in a coffee shop in Alaska or whatever the myth is about her career. So she decided to put out a pop album um and intuition i believe was the lead single from that pop album and it was such a crazy departure from what people knew jewel to be that i don't think that they knew what to do with it but i knew to do with it i fell in love with it like i loved jewel as a you know folky girl in a guitar but i really really dug her um attempt at being a pop star the video, she's, you know, making fun of, like, you know, pop star tropes. And she's wearing, like, I think she's wearing, like, a half shirt showing her belly or with a fake belly ring or something. Like, I remember she was kind of, she was going the pop route, but she was also making fun of going the pop route. And she's just a great songwriter. And this song is a great pop song. And it's one of my favorite Jewel songs. And that's why it had to be included on this 2003 playlist. Track 19 is Holiday Inn by Chingy. And um, of these hip pop songs that were like, you know, of the time, I really think that this is probably my favorite one. Chingy hailed from, hails from St. Louis along with Nelly. And my ex Tony, the one who lived in St. Louis, like he would, he showed me that what Nelly and Chingy represented to St. Louis was what Eminem represented to Detroit. So these guys rapped about St. Louis in their songs and in Holiday in, in particular. They mention real street, real roads and street names that my ex Tony drove on all the time. I remember when I visited him in St. Louis one time, he picked me up from the airport and we were driving down the Natural Bridge Road and Chingy sings about the Natural Bridge Road in this song. So there's a connection there not just because the song is great, um, not just because the song also features Snoop Dogg, who I love, um, but there's that personal connection too because he's singing about St. Louis um, and I loved St. Louis and I really, you know, loved that my ex Tony felt pride in his city because of like this song and these these rappers, Chingy and Nelly. And... Um, It just reminds me of him, and that's why it has to be on this playlist. And the final track on this playlist, track 20, is Clocks by Coldplay. Probably the biggest song of the year. Definitely one of Coldplay's biggest songs. And probably the last Coldplay song that I really liked before my fandom kind of went away. Clocks, um, when it came out, was a great, you know, like, just... The music was different and it was catchy, but it was one of those songs that was played to death. Like the other songs that I, t- that I talked about that were big hits, like they were everywhere, but they weren't like beat to death. Like Clocks was beat to death. And I don't want to say it's what made me stop liking Coldplay, but it definitely had something to do with me getting tired of Coldplay. And so I'm not really a Coldplay fan. Um, 
I remember really hating their song Yellow. I think that was their debut song that came out in like 2000 or 2001. And um, just ugh, hated that song. So it took me a while to get into Coldplay, but Clocks was a song that I liked. And it's very representative of 2003. And it's a great song to wrap up uh, this playlist and for me to wrap up this episode. So, yeah, it's, you know, National Podcast Day and September 30th, 2020. And I kind of wanted to make sure that I represented and I stepped up and I crawled out of my hole and decided to um, record a podcast episode so that I could, you know, say hey, share some music, share some stories, and uh, tell all y'all that um, I love you and I miss you and I hope you're still listening. And uh, yeah, that's it. So um, I'm back officially on the podcasting train. Let's see if I can, you know, keep with it. I have free time now. Um, I do have work coming up, but I do have free time now. So I'm going to do my best to get back on my regular schedule of publishing weekly or semi-weekly so that at least, um, I don't know, we can have this time together. So that's all I have for you. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you had a great summer. I hope you had a great September. Um, Today is my friend Mark's birthday. Uh, So happy birthday, Mark, if you're listening to this because Sarah is playing it for you because I'm going to tell her to play it for you. And that is all I have until next time. Hopefully it won't be, you know, that long of a wait. So I will come back at you next time. Bye. Each episode of Spooky Electric has a playlist that I have created for each individual episode. The playlist can be found on my Spotify account, Trent Venegas, in the playlist folder titled Spooky Electric. The playlist track listings are listed on the Spooky Electric Instagram at Spooky Electric, where the O's are zeros. S-P-0-0-K-Y-E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C.